0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Hello and welcome to the summer edition of the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Anastasios Adamopoulos and I'm broadcasting live from Athens, Greece, joined by our tanker tracking expert, Michelle, all the way out from Surrey. How are you doing, Michelle?
1: Hi. And like I'm um, in English summer, this podcast, summer podcast, will be short and sweet. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, th- thank you for joining me today. We are uh, one of the few of the team left amid the the flurry of summer holidays.
1: We're not sunning ourselves on a beach in Nice or anything like that, are we, Anastasius?
0: No, we're not. I mean, I can't complain. It is really warm in Athens, but you know, we we do have a really good addition, I believe, lined up for the listeners. If you've been following the industry or the news at all this week, you have seen that the now infamous Grace One tanker uh, was released earlier this week by Gibraltar and was on its way to Greece. But there's been a lot of geopolitical contention around that trip. Beyond that, however, uh, Michelle, you have been tracking something else around Iran sanctions and Western companies that focuses more on the cargo side. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you, you have found this past week in the investigation you have been doing?
1: Sure. Well, the reason that I I was having a closer look is that this Iran-US conflict over the, the nuclear agreement is continuing to play out in the international tanker markets. And this is something that's going to intensify scrutiny on all marine service providers. Now, as we've already seen, Um, some flag registries have um, cancelled vessels um, once they've been publicly identified as shipping Iranian crude or liquefied petroleum gas, which is in breach of these unilateral US sanctions. So what I thought I would do is I would look at who else has potential exposure here. And so I looked at P&I clubs. Now, there's no suggestion that any of these clubs are engaged in any illegal activity at all. I must say that at the outside. Mm -hmm. But But what I have done is I've looked and I've tracked over the past month, especially since May, when you know the maximum pressure rhetoric came from um, the US administration. And I've just looked at vessels that having, you know, I call it a subterfuge fleet, uh, mostly Iranian controlled or Chinese controlled, that is doing under-the-radar shipments. And so anyway, I've got I've got a list of about there's about 30 of them now. Twenty-one of them had covered from the International Group of Marine Insurers. And that's got 13 members. They're based in the US, the UK, and America. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've had a look and I've got their response to see were they aware that they were covering vessels that um, were engaged in this um, sanctions busting trade based on US sanctions? And what is the industry doing to protect itself in order to um, mitigate or to reduce its exposure? Um, to sanctions, especially since we've seen Secretary of State Mike Pompeo take a very strong line about the Grace One and and insisting and lobbying to European countries that if they provided services or let the vessel call, they would be facilitating terrorism.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you speak to any of these uh, any of these insurers?
1: I, I did actually. I mean, most of them, you know, will say that if any ship that they offer cover to is engaged in activity then their cover is invalidated. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I did get from putting this story together is that um, for instance there was one P&I club that I won't name and I sent them a, an email and said look this is the ship entered with you I've got evidence that it's engaged in in this behavior seeking a comment and he came back and said look we've rigorously looked at this vessel and there's absolutely no way that it's um been involved do you have any evidence? So I sent him some geospatial analysis showing that the vessel had actually called at a floating production tanker owned by the Iranians in early August, turned off its AIS transponder for three days, which suggests it loads, and then it had made its way out of the Persian Gulf. Now, these are patterns of behavior, suggestive, and calls that are suggestive of Iranian loading. So he's now gone back to investigate. But it, it was apparent that I think the patterns of behavior perhaps could be more more scrutinized by any marine service provider um, in order to make sure that they're sort of keeping themselves clear of um, unintentionally providing support to an Iranian-controlled vessel.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I think that has been an issue, especially with the ramp-up of all these sanctions over the past mm. two years, especially for insurers who, you know, we've seen similar cases um, like this before. It's not just insurers, it's across the industry, it's ship owners, it's everyone really. But what I wanted to ask you is because you've been following this issue for the past few months closely, is what more could, for example, marine insurers be doing, you know, to ensure that they are they have the right type of customers, that they don't fall foul of any sanctions, that their customers are being transparent about their business. Like, what more could they be doing, in your opinion?
1: You know, well, I would suggest that they get a copy, it's online, of the U.S. Department of Justice claim that they filed against the Grace One, exactly. in, which, in which you could see that they had done a thorough and complete investigation of all the links of the various companies to the Grace One and how ultimately they proved it was Iranian controlled. And... I think that would go a long way for anybody to to realize that this, well, I mean, shipping's an opaque industry anyway, Mm -hmm. but but it was very illustrative of how the US Department of Justice is really hell-bent on making sure that the Grace One is made an example of. And I I, I think that would be excellent summer holiday reading for Mm -hmm. anybody in the insurance industry.
0: I mean, you you were able to identify these you know these ships and these patterns of behavior that led to this story. In in how many days were you able to do that?
1: Well, this is the body of of like several months' work. So every time you know I've used geospatial analysis and I've identified a vessel that's potentially picked up uh, a cargo of Iranian crude. I've sort of made a note of it and I've kept a, a spreadsheet, and um, that's how you. Well, that's how, for me personally, I've been able to 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 get develop that list, and then I just cross reference that against um P and I clubs in order to identify which vessels were entered where.
0: Mm. And I mean, you told us what that one P and I, uh, that one person from the a specific P and I club told you, but what kind of reaction do you think, or have you have you observed clubs, insurers, you know, taking? after realizing that indeed they are in business with someone who is violating sanctions in some way? Are they just immediately, do they just immediately stop providing coverage? Does it take longer than they claim? Um, what, what kind of behavior have you observed?
1: I would say most of the PNI clubs have said to me, that their member communication is confidential and they've got no further comment, I would imagine that they've probably taken the information and they're now doing their own checks. I think OFAC, in its language, has been broad enough to basically let marine insurers and any supplier of um, services to the Iranian petrochemical and shipping industry to make them know that they're under scrutiny. But I also think that there's wiggle room for any provider not to to fall foul of sanctions it, it's just the certain words and certain language and and advisories that they've put out which at you know which once again are advisories only
0: and what what kind of from what you've seen at least what kind of trouble could clubs that do offer insurance in these cases like the ones you find, found out uh, what kind of trouble could they get into
1: well, I think the last time um, an insurance club or, or, or company was um, was mentioned by OFAC, that was back in 2013. And I think a vessel uh, had provided cover to vessels connected to Iran, Sudan and to Cuba. So I think there's no doubt that there'll be enforcements. And of course, you know, on the other side of the world, we have Venezuela. Mm. And, you know, we've seen the Italian ship owner who was caught up and, and named on the the special designated persons list because his vessels were chartered to a Cuban country and involved in shipping crude from Venezuela to Cuba. Now he he filed for bankruptcy protection as a result of that. And then later he was removed from the list after, you know, going through and jumping through the OFAC hoop. So there's no doubt that falling foul of, of OFAC is is not something that, that anybody involved in the industry really wants to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it will be interesting to see now that the Grace One um, has been released and interesting to see what happens next with that. But I'm sure you will continue to monitor vessels that deal with Iranian cargo more more closely. What What is next in your research for you now?
1: Well now I'm looking to see what exactly is going to happen to the Grace 1 because she's indicated she's going to Kalamata in Greece which you know doesn't really offer very much for a very large crude carry except maybe a lightering zone where it can take supplies and swap crew etc but I have noticed that there are two vessels that are Iranian owned that are in the vicinity and I think that they will make a um, a rendezvous for a ship to ship transfer just outside Kalamata, and that's the Downey and the Argo 2. They're two tankers. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I I think will happen. You'll see STS transfer, and then that crude may go on to Syria. As you know, the Iranians gave an undertaking that the Grace One would not take the cargo to Syria, but that, of course, doesn't stop a ship-to-ship transfer happening, and the resulting vessel do so.
0: That is true. Okay. Well, uh, thank you, Michelle. And, and for you and uh, everyone else who is interested, uh, Lloyd's List is holding a, a forum on uh, September 9th around transparency in the industry. Uh, and we a lot of what we will be talking about will be around sanctions and implementation of that and just how companies can ensure that they are working with customers that are in compliance of all sanctions and they don't find themselves in any troubling water with any kind of uh, government or any kind of new sanctions that come through. So be sure to to attend that um, and you can find more information for that on our website. Thank you very much, Michelle, and uh, I look forward okay. to seeing you in London next week.